Welcome back to another episode of The Last of Us by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Your other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome. Welcome back to the show, guys. We're on episode six, and an episode that I enjoyed, I think, than most of the others this season. Maybe because I, there was I a bit more optimism and, and hope in some parts. <laughs> uh, I was reflecting on this after we recorded our instant reaction pod, which you can listen to every Sunday after the episode, unless it's a Super Bowl Sunday, in which case uh, it throws off our entire recording schedule <laughs> and posting schedule. So we apologize for episode five being a little delayed. But yeah, I was reflecting last night. We were talking, you know, just how dark the show is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that was off air that we were talking about it. But this episode had a little bit more of, of love and light in a way that some of the others didn't. Yeah, this is the first episode for me since since the first episode, actually, where I think we got like a sense of normalcy and just what we would consider normal life now. Yeah. Right. Like with, with this whole town, I don't think we've really seen anything like that. And kudos to the sh- to the showrunner and the directors and everyone in charge of the production, from Craig Mazin to Neil Druckmann. But Jackson does kind of give you that ability to kind of slow down and to enjoy life and to and mm-hmm. to go back to and some sort of normalcy that you're talking about. But you also got to see some of those things that in the game you know there was these i think the reason in the game you don't realize it's as bleak as it is is because you get this wonderful relationship between joel and ellie that continues to kind of blossom throughout as you're experiencing uh the story being told and in the television show the first time you really start to see it turn into like this father-daughter dynamic is in this episode in my opinion like you fully see like the culmination of what's been building up to in the previous episodes and you see it kind of i don't know in a more even endearing way in this episode what did you think no i i I completely agree i I do think that uh joel and ellie's relationship has definitely matured uh in this episode we got a a big time skip uh, at the beginning of this you know taking us away from everything that just happened with sam and henry which we predicted which we We predicted correctly we said there would be a there would be a uh, time jump and there was something else that we Oh, I think it was uh, uh, Tommy. It was, was uh, Ellie's love for for space, right? Like that's something that we just got a little bit of a sneak peek on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't. I was not entirely sure that we were going to get that time skip in this series because how do you justify a three month time skip moving from Kansas City? Yeah, but how do you, how do you make that interesting? A three month journey from well, Kansas City to Jackson, like. I, think, I feel like that almost would have been harder. <laughs> yeah, I think the the sort of the way you do it is that after the Henry and Sam, uh, the the tragic end to the Sam and Henry uh, saga, mm-hmm. you have this moment where I'm sure they're they were just shaken up completely, and they allude to b- being lost of they don't know where they are. So who knows how long they've been one wan- like wandering the Midwest to try to find some sort of guidance to Wyoming. You know, yeah. they, they go to that uh, Indian couple's home or native. They're, they're definitely some sort of Native American yeah. a couple because he makes a comment saying, we've been here long before uh, the infected or something like that, or long before you guys got here. So, yeah, 
Justin makes a comment like that. Uh, we can hop right into the recap. Uh, we also, oh, no, before we do that, we, we also got the Tommy reunion in this episode, mm. which I got related. some, I got some, some nits to pick. <laughs> I, oh, you should see my notes. Like this, this show <laughs> might be PG-13, but oh, my notes, bro, I was ripping. I was ripping in there. Okay. <laughs> We can. What do you think? You want to start? What do you, what do you think about the whole let's, Tommy reunion? Let, let's start. I, I, okay. I think Tommy, honestly, he, he just kind of seems like a douchebag to me. <laughs> I'm uh, No courtesy whatsoever. No like, hey, everything's fine. I'm just going to go chill over here now. No, this, this guy just like drops off the face of the earth. And this, this is not the kind of world where you can just go silent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right. This just... is not. Remember that you, at the end of the episode, you have a two, couple of things to tell us from yesterday. Um, we want to pause for a second here. Yeah. Um, you have a couple of things to tell us from the last frame of the episode. Remember yes. that you got. Don't tell us yet, but uh, you got the last frame, and then there was some other Easter egg that you picked up on that you were supposed to share with us. So uh, just think about those. As we continue, I'll, I'll think. I'll think about it. I don't remember what the second <laughs> one was. So if if you do, then, then fantastic. It, I remember. I remember the song. Oh, That's okay. That was the thing. I thought there was like one more thing. I guess that was the frame that I didn't want you to say. <laughs> Everyone's lost listening to this if you didn't listen to the instant reaction. But we teased it that Zach noticed the honey Easter egg at the end. Yeah, and right. I, I will. I will admit, I I remember some of the things that happened in the game. I just Uh-oh. missed the locations. That's my problem. Oh, I know. I I think I think Jackson like Memorial, like the place that's down here. You're thinking of the hospital. And I'm like, it's a hospital, and they're in a hospital. I'm like, I'm putting the two together. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah. All right, let's start the episode recap. We started actually with a flashback to Henry shooting himself, which is just as traumatic to watch again. And I I don't know about you, but the most traumatic thing to me in the entire scene is not even Henry shooting himself. It's Ellie's the way she screams in reaction to Henry shooting himself yeah. is uh it's it's pretty haunting, you know. It's mm-hmm. a, like a page turn for how dark this series can go. Yeah. And we get this 3 month time skip after that that takes us to the, to winter. Everything is snowfall we're in some beautiful uh Montana Yellowstone looking <laughs> landscapes here but where you seem to be in wyoming where it's i was nice completely cabin. wrong i was thinking to myself okay did they hole up in a cabin for the winter until they could move again or because i'm th- you know the whole time twice in this episode i'm thinking to myself i think i probably would have just gone away with the plan and stuck around in a cabin like this hunted and lived out here by myself for for the rest of my life i mean because that's a peaceful that's about as peaceful as it gets in this infected apocalypse yeah i like you almost get the sense that they don't know about the whole infected thing that much like they've just been living their life out here apart from everybody else there's just some uh some bad people yeah this river well this couple i mean and when you see and you see the couple you know immediately that i mean the wife is really overweight the husband is obviously the caretaker and she's kind of like the cook who stays at home and does her thing. But she's so immobile that the husband asked her, why didn't you grab the gun? She says, it's over there. So she couldn't get up from the chair and 
and grab it. So that goes to show you that if one of those fast walkers or walk walker like the Walking Dead, yeah. one of those fast infected were behind her, it would have been game over. Um, but you know, at first I thought it was Joel until I saw how kind of uh, heavy the the guy walking towards the cabin was. At which point I was like, oh, okay, it's probably somebody different. Yeah. Also, it's a really nice jacket. Um, I don't know where Joel would have stopped at an outdoor a sporting store to pick up a camo jacket. Uh, <laughs> that's where I was kind of just would have broken into another Home Depot or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they hold up this couple um, who's pretty hospitable. They make them some soup, and really, it's all about finding the direction of where they are at to try to get to Tommy. And this is where we start our episode. And we're warned, albeit a little, maybe it's world building of why they did it. But they warn them. The main thing you walk away with from this couple meeting is that west of the river is death. They call it the river of death, which to them is pretty, I guess it's justifiable because you don't know who's on the other side of it. And to be honest, bodies floating down. And to be honest, Joel and Ellie were almost killed in, in the west of the river of death, right? It's very true. Very true. I do like this couple, though. We get a nice little bit of, like, comedic relief here. Yes, just, for once. Especially right after. Oh, my gosh. Right after the ending like, of the last episode. It's like, nobody, the only jokes we have are puns, like, Will Livingston puns. And it's like, all right. Yeah. Like, we need some real life, actual levity in this matter here. It. Re- I told you yesterday, it reminded me a bit of Breaking Bad, how when they would introduce kind of like a minor, minor uh, side character or appearing character. Mm-hmm. that they always had like this really nice sense of humor and uh, memorable quality to them. Yeah. Well, Ho- hopefully we keep getting that a little bit throughout this, uh, throughout this series to brighten it up some. Yeah. Well, you don't get much of it in the game. So I, I would be surprised if we see much more of that. Yeah. But I think it's more forgivable in the game, right? Just like violence is more forgivable in games. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much more for you, forgivable it'll be in games when when the graphics are photorealistic. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like they are. We were just talking about that earlier, right? Like you, or last night, you don't know how poor it is until you have better. We yeah. Have, like the graphics already feel like they're ridiculously good, but then, yeah. you, then you see next year's, for, next year's game or the remaster, it's great. It's crazy because I remember playing like Super Mario 64 and playing ocarina of time and playing grand theft auto 3 and playing grand theft auto 4 and yeah. and being like each one of those or last of us one and be like this is the apex this is this is amazing the graphics are incredible yeah. and then going back now you go play grand theft auto vice city and like the car is like proportionally scaled to the size of the building like everything is horrible it's uh-huh. honestly amazing how until you've seen good, you don't know better type of thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So, they head west anyways. We do have a weird moment where Joel has... I thought he was having a heart attack. Uh, it seems to be some sort of panic attacks that he's having in relation to his fear of losing another daughter. I think that's kind of what the show wants you to feel or internalize for him. What did yeah. you think? What do you think is going on with Joel health-wise here? They have made it a point to point out that he can't go up flights of stairs without being severely out of breath. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's 
got any like serious health issues. I mean, he's he's just old. However, I do think that this was some sort of like panic attack uh, of some sorts. I, I don't think his excuse of oh it's just the cold uh is accurate it's now it's possible that maybe that's just like exacerbating the issue but i think i think you're right i think he's just worried about uh losing her they gotta go travel up the the river of death (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and we do get it we do get a sneak peek of it um of the same issue a little bit later in the episode and that feels even more so like he's concerned about losing uh ellie yeah uh, I think Pedro brought that uniquely to Pedro Pascal, who plays Joel, mm. brought that uniquely to the character of Joel, which is this element of vulnerability, this physical vulnerability that in the game he feels more untouchable. Yeah. But in not untouchable to the sense that he's invincible, but not that he's deaf on one side or that yeah. he has this this trauma from his daughter that's not as uh elegantly uh told as a story by the way i got some heavy western vibes from pedro in this uh in this episode i was thinking to myself as he was holding up the native american yeah married uh couple adorable couple there uh as well as just a couple of lines that he says in this so it was almost to me like he secretly wants to do a western and you're in wyoming redemption three you're getting all these landscapes, like these epic landscapes, right? Mm-hmm. So it just feels very westerny as you head, and the whole thing kind of feels like a western. The show itself, in, yeah. the, in some ways, I mean, especially when they're out there camping. Well, when he says, "Come morning, we'll go our separate ways," and he says that, I'm like, "Oh man, this guy's like," and the way he holds the gun, even his like twang of like the twang he puts in his accent, yeah, feels very cowboy, you know. It does. I could definitely see him in some sort of... Uh, you just want him on Yellowstone, don't you? No, because... No, no. Yellowstone's <laughs> not... Yellowstone's great. Don't get me wrong. But Kevin Cosner makes that show. Mm. They do They do some things that irk me. Uh, that like a lot of big cable network shows do, which is... They make these very black and white characters. Mm-hmm. That the villain is the villain. You know, like the villain has this knowledge about the situation that somehow they have gained this knowledge through sheer shrewdness that nobody should know in their position coming in cold, you know? Mm -hmm. They do this thing constantly with, you know, they do the cowboy stuff great in Yellowstone. They do Mm -hmm. the lawyer stuff horribly. Where the lawyer, and maybe that's on purpose because they want you to hate the lawyer, Mm -hmm. which I'm okay with, totally. I'm totally okay with. Um, you know, because they make them these unlikable characters that they're just there as poachers. You know, they're, they are the Raiders. Like when we watch this episode where you see the Raiders at the end yeah, and the university and you can see like from across the street, the way these guys are dressed that they're bad news. Yeah. That these lawyers, when you hear them talk, it's like, find something to ruin them, Ellis. <laughs> like who the hell says that <laughs> who says that <laughs> like take a note from Mad Men. give me some more subtle uh-huh. nuance you know breaking bad even you know just give a little more nuance and, or if you're gonna do it do it do it stylishly like peaky blinders you know i mean i i haven't watched yellowstone so i'm i'm not i, I love Yellowstone. full context not, here, not tr- but i'm trying to crap on it no but but i mean like the point that you're making to me it kind of feels like they they 
don't respect their or, or they don't think that their audience is intelligent enough to come to those conclusions that this person's bad and that person's not i don't know i don't know what it is but because their prequel shows don't do that their mm-hmm. prequel shows are like are fantastic i love yellowstone too like i'm gonna binge watch the rest of the season of yellowstone i have like five or six episodes there it's just three characters this old little white lady with white hair she pissed she just drives me nuts and then there's two more lawyers that i'm just like these are cartoon characters. These are not real humans. Uh, while the Duttons are so well crafted and so well developed. Sorry, it's turning into a Yellowstone <laughs> podcast. <laughs> just, a, just a bit. Yeah. But not uh, much is happening on screen. A lot of or what, what's going on next when they leave the cabin is very much all leading up to being surrounded by the horsemen of the apocalypse over there on the west side of the Death River. Yeah. I was going to bring up, uh, you know, Joel's uh inability to stay awake at this point right like yeah they're really making him maybe the majority of the issue with him isn't so much that he's old it's just that he's literally not sleeping this is like this seems to me at least like the safest place i've ever seen them camp out at ever yes and this is a three-month time skip so we've had three months of them journeying and traveling across god knows what encountering who knows what he's exhausted and he still won't like let her take a take a watch. <laughs> well, and we and we seen. Remember the first travel uh, look that we got when they were camped out when they pulled over to the woods a couple of episodes mm-hmm. ago, where he was going to sleep for the first watch or something like that and not stay up with her, mm-hmm. like to make sure she was protected. But he was so protective of her. He stayed up all night, so who knows how long he's been doing that? It's to the I, degree I, w- I would say, like he he hasn't stopped. I mean, like, dude, like if there's a place to not just try to stay up all night and actually get some rest, it's, it's yeah. here. I gotta say, the vistas in this episode they really took advantage of them because every chance they got, they would give you a wide shot mm-hmm. of their surrounding. It was gorgeous. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming this dam that they come across, although it's a staple in the video game, this is CG. It's all CG. Has Probably. to be. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure where they, where they filmed it. If it is, it looks pretty good. It looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Water too. It's great. Like the what? The water looks great. Oh, everything. I mean, just there's something about the professional quality of HBO shows. The way they, the way they hit on the color, mm-hmm. that just makes everything so much more cinematic than most other networks. I've also found that as they were moving west, this was the first time that Joel allowed himself to open up with Ellie, that he was he allowed himself to think of a future. That's when they started to talk about, hey, what, what do you do when this is all over when you know the solution works with the blood and what are you gonna do and it's almost like alluding to ellie wanting to stay with joel yeah and he lets her know you know i want to kind of open a ranch and have some sheep and she talks about her love of space which we're finding out about for the first time she's Mm -hmm. perused every single book in the library and that's um pretty much what we get from that scene we do get a little bit of vulnerability from ellie of wondering whether the vaccine will work. Yeah, I mean... And Joel reassures her. I'd, I'd be a bit concerned after 
her attempt in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, she opens up to Joel. I was good. I thought you were going to bring that up about... Um, yeah, take it. You were the one brought it up about yeah, her using the well, blood on Sam. Last last episode, as we saw, we knew Sam was infected. Uh, Ellie assumed that, well, she in general was just a cure, right? So she, she cuts her hand and puts some of her blood on on his blood uh, to see you know if it's going to help but unfortunately it it did not right and we had joel a little bit later when they were actually talking about it say like well i'm sure it's more complicated than than just rubbing your blood on on somebody but we'll see i i don't i don't know i would assume it's more complicated too I mean, it, you at least got to get it in like a shot or something and, and take some elements from her blood out versus just smearing it on. But anyways, right now we've got Joel and Ellie held up by the uh, the people guarding the River of Death with a dog that can just smell the infected. And if, if they smell the infected, it's going to rip you apart. Yeah, I was so concerned in this scene. I Because I, at this point... They almost answered a question for me as to whether she smells infected because she, yeah. it's kind of weird because in the first episode or second episode, she scans positive on the radar, right? Yeah, she does. And then in this episode, the dog doesn't detect it on her. So I'm a bit confused as to whether she reads infected or whether she reads uninfected. Uh, that's a bit. I guess it's answered now with the dog, but kind of not really. If they have that scanner, they're screwed. Yeah, you know, I I was really concerned about that as well, first of all. <laughs> I thought that, well, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I figured the dog would sense something in her, and that would bring us into some whole dramatic event with, you know, locking her away or something or just shooting her. Mm-hmm. But apparent, apparently not. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the dog isn't that intelligent maybe the dog or just dogs in general i suppose are are more so able to tell when somebody's kind of off Mm. right like maybe that's it right like if if we think back about episode one and nana that dog was like uh yeah looking at her but but that's because she was already like infected she was already infected at that point Mm -hmm. she was it was just starting to take over her body so I, i don't i don't know to what extent having a dog uh, be your uh, infected detector works, but I guess, okay. I guess I guess animals can't tell it that she has anything in her blood. Okay, so right off the bat, when they enter into Jackson and they have that reunion with Tommy, and Joel goes, Tommy! <laughs> Tommy's reaction compared to Joel's is much more subdued. Yeah. He's happy. He doesn't seem like it, though. I think it's because he is a different person now. Uh, his his wife is very controlling in the sense of making this... She has only a half picture of who Joel is, as we mm-hmm. find out later in the episode, because almost seems like she wants to kind of poach Ellie from Joel. Mm-hmm. Right, she's doing her hair. It does, it does feel like that. She's, yeah. giving, she's giving her new clothes. Right, the clothes you had, rags. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here, when's the last time you cut your hair? You know, I'm giving you a cup for your for period blood. 
mm-hmm. you know, she's giving her like all those things that yep. she needs to take care of herself properly. So she's not approving of the way Joel has taken care of her up till now. It's very judgmental when you can sit behind these walls that oh, are so, yeah, uh, right. I'd love to see how well these uh, walls handle uh, a bloater. You know, it. <laughs> you know, it, it almost reminded me, have you ever seen a movie where you have like a poor family ha- go have dinner with a rich family? Mm-hmm. And the kids feel like they're being judged the whole time. Yeah. And the father and the mother work their asses off to per- to provide for the for the daughter or the son. Mm-hmm. And they can feel almost like they feel insecure or not insecure. They feel um, like discriminated against in a way, mm-hmm. right? And it, you can almost sense it in this episode where Ellie keeps on, although she doesn't know it because she loves Joel to death, like a father that she's never had. Yeah. She keeps on going on about, oh, yeah, we were roughing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were roughing it. Oh, yeah, we haven't had a good meal in months. And Joel each time is kind of like, it's further and further punching him right where he hurts like the most, where it's like, I can't take care of her properly. Yeah. Right? To the point where when they go to the stables after this, or they go to the next spot after their their little family dinner here, he kind of tells her, he, he cuts her off and says, we've been doing all right. We've been managing, you know? That sort of thing. Yeah. Because he's coming to grips with a, a few things during the during the family meal here. Tommy's letting him know, oh, yeah, I'm married now to Maria, <laughs> who we run this place over here in Jackson. And um, this is like our little paradise. And let's show you how good we have it and yada, yada, yada. But the whole time, Joel is kind of like, what the hell, man? I came across the entire country because I thought you were dying and you couldn't, you're in this place with electricity, with lights, all these things, and you couldn't hop on the radio channel that I'm on yeah. to just say, hey, I'm good. Yeah. Imagine, like, he doesn't go on this journey with Ellie unless he needs to go find his brother. So he doesn't lose his, his I wouldn't call her, like, his wife, Tess, had he not gone on this journey. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of things going That's on. True. It's true that there is a lot going on. It almost seems like uh, like Tommy didn't want to welcome like the bad part of his life back into his life, and I, I think that's kind of what Joel might represent based on the way that he, at least that's he's talked point. to Maria about about him. That's a great point. I do think Joel represents that for Tommy. He re- represents the guilt he has for. The, the killing of innocence <laughs> apparently these guys just slaughtered innocence like like no other i'm gonna i guess they're gonna do a prequel show because they keep alluding to this past and um pedro pascal is an a-lister in my book and you're yeah. and you're gonna want him for as much as you can do so there's gonna there's got to be some sort of prequel or spinoff last of us shows coming to hbo in the next five years you know, the, the first time we got a glimpse of uh, Joel's past, I didn't really think that we were going to get much of a spinoff. But I must say, with, with the harping on, oh, this is what we did. And, and every time we hear about it, it just seems a little bit more right. bad. A little worse right? and worse it's and little, worse. It's a little worse every time. Yeah. So maybe. I mean, I, watching watching somebody kind of fall and uh, kill innocent people might be interesting. More interesting than just a, a you know, traveling show from wherever they were about was it texas or something all mm-hmm. the way to boston mm-hmm. fighting zombies it'd be interesting you also get the feeling here if you can pause for a second that joel his whole life has taken care of his little brother 
and here he, here his little brother is doing better than him. And it doesn't feel like Tommy's rubbing it in in any way at all. Yeah. It does not. Like I, it, that does not come across. Although I do want to say it does because I, at this point, I have a bit of a distaste for him. I'm I'm really curious to see your notes about Tommy, honestly. Oh, I call them all. I'll send them to you. They're in the shared folder. If you want to laugh, you can just scroll okay. in it. You can just see uh, there will be a note of Tommy, and then I call him some expletive here and there. Uh, <laughs> but it just bothers me because of that sort of. It's okay to move on with your life, but you can still be considerate of others. You know. Yeah. You can move on and tell Joel that on a radio call, but he's such a spineless. He can't stand up to his big brother. That's what it is. He can't do the be the confrontation. It's that little brother complex type of thing right Mm -hmm. where i can't stand up to my parents or to my older sibling you know be a freaking man for god's sake but you get you see so much of how much he's oblivious to the situation where joel's like they're explaining to him how oh yeah everybody we owns everything and that we have we have shared nobody owns like their own what they do the whole community owns it and joel's like oh so like communism kind Mm -hmm. of or, you know, like the, the, the people in charge are distributing everything that's owned by the people. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's like, no, no, not like that. <laughs> Maria, <laughs> his wife, who's definitely the, the smarter of the two, uh-huh. goes, yeah, it's exactly like that. We are this. We are communists. This is a commune. And he has like this earth, this world breaking revelation, like, oh shit, I'm from Texas. (laughs) Like, this is not what we do. And Tommy, I mean, uh, Joel certainly does not uh, vibe with that. I'm with Joel. But um, it seems to be working pretty well in Jackson, I got to say. Yeah. For the alternative, I'll choose living in Jackson 100%. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, this is the kind of place when you come across, you want to, you want to settle down. However... However, this again reminds me a lot of The Walking Dead. And I feel like this is the kind of place where you, I don't want to say you go to die, but like <laughs> you, you live here and what happens is you become soft. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like think think about all of the kids right now growing up, eating popcorn, having fun, watching movies. Well, look at how they look at Ellie yeah. when she's sitting there at the dinner table and she says, what the hell are you looking at? It's like yeah. all these kids looking at her like she's a circus freak. Yeah. But that's the reality of world outside of those gates. Mm. And it's only a matter of time until something happens. Right? This, my, this, is, like, this is like a metaphor for America. <laughs> right? It kind of seems like it. Think about I, it. You, could, you think, can definitely spin it that way. Think about all the luxuries and the blessings we can enjoy on a daily mm-hmm. basis. You have Ellie reading a kid's diary from pre-infection days in this episode and she says is this yeah. what is this the shit they used to care about every day it's all they had to worry what sk- about what skirt what color skirt do i match with this color shirt so that i can impress my my significant crush in third grade yeah. you know or sixth grade like the things that you can't have those sorts of cares when you're basic what is that the what is the hierarchy of needs, the Maslow hierarchy of needs? Like the, yeah, the you need shelter, you need, you know, there's certain things that's a hierarchy, which you need until the basic one hierarchy of needs is not met. You do not have the privilege. Same way with pursuing your dreams. If you have a kid to raise, or if you have, uh, what I mean by that is like, you know, my family, for example, comes over or any family that's um, having to start fresh, like, you know, 
emigrating from another country. There's going to be one generation that ha- that has to eat it for the most part. There, yeah. I mean, yes, you can, but for the most part, that one generation who's laying the groundwork for the next generation to do what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that for this. Jackson is trying to lay the foundation while still kind of keeping that edge. That's why they have that harsh reputation that the couple at the start of the episode, they're like west of the river's death. They're mm-hmm. fighting people off. They want people to think that they're evil, that they're the baddest of the bad. Do not go that way to yeah. scare off any potential invaders. Um, we can yeah, hit play here. And you know, I was also I was also going to ask. You know, my my geography is uh, a little rusty, but I think uh, I was really bad at geography Jackson, in school. Well, what was that? Sorry, I was very bad at geography in school. Ah, uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm screwing up city names left and right, but I do think Jackson's pretty far away from Boston, so I kind of want to know what radio they would have. Like, is it like a network of of people? Like, hey, I'm all right, pass it on. Or well, I think radio towers are the are the one thing that probably wouldn't stop working, right? During yeah, uh, but, but how how far are they going? I mean, I guess if it's a really really powerful tower, we have them across the country. Yeah, yeah, we have, which okay. is pretty impressive to think about. Yeah. We have a Tommy and Joel catch-up scene, which at this point I was kind of getting annoyed with Maria because at this point. Yeah, it was I was getting annoyed with her because at the end of the day, imagine you hadn't seen your brother in yeah. like 3 years. Right? Mhm. Even though even though you're married, you have a different relationship with your brother. Yeah. You can say shit to your brother that no one else can say to him. Mm-hmm. Saying like you're like that stuff that your wife cannot say or hear, right? To yeah. that you say to him. And it's like the whole time Joel has come across the country to reunite with this brother. And he cannot get five minutes until Maria gives permission for them to have this catch up time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, hey, they got some stuff to unpack. Why don't you mm-hmm. do it's not an insult to your, uh, it's not an affront to your being, but I think it's that she's so threatened to lose Tommy that she wants to stop any sort of reunion or rekindling of the old boogeyman Joel that she has built in her head. I'm, I'm really standing up for, I'm standing up for Joel here. I mean, we love Joel. We, we, we kind of have to, but I, I agree. That was at the dinner table is when I really started to not like maria she's just <laughs> she's making... like that she's like that hovering parent yes that doesn't want you to do anything yes yes 100 <laughs> percent. glad we're aligned on her she hasn't reached kathleen level oh no not not yet uh, apparently tommy has but um maria hasn't quite yet tommy hasn't either he hasn't <laughs> either I, it's not that i hate tommy it's it's this you know what it is it's easier to imagine somebody doing to you what Tommy does in this episode than it is what a Kathleen does. Yeah. You know? It's easier Kathleen, to imagine. Kathleen was just completely unhinged. Deranged, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they catch up. I have a feeling... It's at this point where I'm wondering, why is Joel not telling Tommy about Ellie being immune? But I think he's seeing this change in his brother. Mm-hmm. And he's finding out a lot of information at once. He's finding out that now Tommy's going to be a dad... Uh, he has no plans of leaving with Joel to wherever he's going. Hence yeah. why I think he went radio silent. And it was at this point where they're having whiskey at the bar. Yeah. 
I hadn't even considered the radio part. So I was already kind of annoyed with him from a gen- from another standpoint. But then Joel mentions, that's why you went radio silent on me? So suppo- supposedly he went radio silent because Maria wants to protect this place. That's his yeah. cop-out excuse. Yeah, he, I mean, he could have, even if you didn't want to like radio from inside the city, I mean, you could go away, like go somewhere and and say something hey i'm telling but, my my sister but, right now on, on this podcast yeah. if she's listening if you go across the country <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic infected world and you find a good spot that you want to settle in but we are like two thousand miles apart and you don't hop on a radio to let me know that i t- tune into every single day i will yeah. go across the country i will go across the country <laughs> and race hell in that place <laughs> It's amazing. Joel is pretty chill for somebody who has gone through what he's gone through he, to he get is. to to get here. He is right. Like I mean, I don't even know. As long as you don't like tell people where the thing is, like you could still radio out. Like, are you gonna GPS like pinpoint where the signal came from? I'm really unpacking this, but imagine you go across the country, you lose your wife, you watch <laughs> two a brother, two brothers kill each other. Uh-huh. You know, you're being persecuted by a deranged woman who's trying to kill you in a manhunt throughout the city while you're trying to protect humanity's last hope. And that's just the people. I got to punch someone in the face. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be my sister, of course, but it'll be somebody. Yeah. It's just the first person on the street. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> What when when they for? were in there drinking whiskey, the the only thought that came to mind was like, "Damn, that must be some expensive whiskey." You think so? Oh, like, in this world, like, the value yeah, of it. Yeah, in this world, yeah. like where where else are you gonna get it from? Sorry, I gotta go on a on a liquor run. 30 I thought miles away I thought he was alluding. I thought he was alluding that he was making his own stuff. I don't know. I it, it may maybe it was just when I first saw the bottle. I'm like, oh, I bet that's that's expensive. Um, but anyways, when when they when Joel leaves the, I guess, saloon or whatever you want to call it. He has another one of those panic attacks. And this is what I, where I was talking about. You get a sense that it's much more about his worry for losing somebody. Because it's when he steps outside. Yes, again, it's it's into the cold. I mean, it's just cold everywhere. But you have everybody around this Christmas tree in, in the center of the town singing a Christmas carol. And there is uh, the back of, of some woman that looks just a lot like, like Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, yeah. The hair and everything. And it's, I actually wrote down in my notes here, um, fantastic acting. Mm-hmm. Just look at his eyes, the the range of emotion from the panic to the point where he sees a glimpse of Sarah. And I'm pretty yeah. positive that that is the actress who plays Sarah for the first point. But I could be wrong. Who knows? I don't know. It's not her when she turns around, but it just the body type is identical. It to, does look very much like her. It, but the acting on Pedro's part is just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to mention before we move on to Ellie and the, you can keep it rolling, but Joel decides to lie about Tess being alive. Uh, yeah. So I, I think at this point he is not convinced that Tommy can be trusted. in, Or maybe he just doesn't want Tommy to feel bad for, because it's Tommy's fault that Tess is dead. Yeah, in a I, way, in I, I in some way. I don't think it's that he doesn't want Tommy to feel bad. I just, I I feel like Joel is just feels like he's been betrayed mm. by his brother. 
mm-hmm. to some degree, and he doesn't want to tell them anything. Mm. I agree. I agree with your with yours over mine. It's to like almost like you have it all good over here so much, and even like the little thing that I had, I couldn't protect. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ellie gets some new digs. She gets um, some new aged period tools. <laughs> that are like 30 years old at this I point. I mean, she's probably been living <laughs> off the same box of tampons from Boston. So it's been three months. Yeah. I don't know how many months she's been traveling for. So maybe she just got finished with the pack. I don't, I don't know. But uh, breakdown pod, how many tampons? <laughs> <laughs> all right but she goes across the street to see maria we learn a little bit more about maria we do see that tommy cares about joel and his family because there's a like a little what would you call this not a vigil but what would you say there's like a little monument on top of the the mantle for kevin and sarah kevin being maria's son probably mm-hmm. or nephew or some dear child related to her yeah and sarah who's joel's daughter and there's I, this little memorial to them. I think Kevin was her son, right? Yeah, he. they both died the day... Well, he died two days after the infection day, and Sarah she died, died on, outbreak, on day. outbreak day. Yeah. They were the same age, though, it looks like. Were they? You sure? I think so. No. I think. Seven. No. 2089. Oh, 89. Does that say 89. Oh, yeah, it's 89 to... So, Kevin was three years old. 89, and she was 2000. Okay, got it. Kevin was three years old. She was about 15, 16. Well, then. She's about the age Ellie is now. Yeah. Pretty much. She has a conversation with Maria, and everything seems to be warming her up to this conversation to have about Joel. She's trying to get information out of Ellie. And she... I'm okay with what Maria does here because what she's heard about Joel is Tommy telling her that he's this ruthless individual who only does things for money. Mm-hmm. And that seems to check out based on what Joel says too because he says Tommy's been, he's a dreamer. Mm-hmm. We call him a dreamer. Somebody who, who has grand illusions of saving the world, yada, yada, yada. So when Tommy, Tommy even questions him for why he has this girl. He knows there's some sort of payment. Which is true. It's true to Joel's uh, nature, historically. Yeah. But, uh, I guess Maria is doing a good service here to Ellie and letting her to know, like, hey, he's not everything that you think he is, yada, yada. At that, at which point, Ellie stands up for Joel, which I was very proud of her for, mm-hmm. and says, yeah, like him killing people and stuff? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's it like, okay. Takes a feel out of that fire. It does, right? Because that's, that's the whole gist of the conversation. Yeah, she wants her to know that, but I don't. I don't think you could live in a world like this without getting your hands dirty. Uh, no, kill, killing innocent people is different, like uh, completely. There's but an I just yeah mean in general getting yeah. Like, I mean, come on, like even if oh we're just strolling around, you know, trying to get to a nice safe place, and oh I we agree. got ambushed yeah, in Kansas I City. I agree. It's it's the killing of innocents where you're deciding to say that your life is worth someone else's, mm-hmm. worth more than someone else's. At which point. Should you value your own life to the to the degree that you um, that you take someone's life for? That's the that's the part that's not right. Where you know, you know what I mean. Like where that's the point where it's crossing a moral 
line if it's defense against people who are trying to take something from you or try to kill you you're you know mm-hmm. you know all bets are off yeah but to, to, like i'm killing a family for their food or something like that like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's pretty low <laughs> that's like a point where you're you know how valuable is it to even go on living if you have to do that like yeah. as, as your means of survival so it depends i mean the way they joel and tommy are painted pre uh pre-sophistication uh is like we're killing everybody in sight so we'll find out in the prequel series how dark this crap got all right to joel and tommy ellie goes to the movies which is pretty nice i could not figure out which movie was on screen uh i don't know if we can pull that up i'm sure it has something to do with the story and like the end theme uh can we can we find that out maybe let's see while you do that goodbye girl is that what it's called? Yeah. What's the What's the basic plot synopsis of Goodbye Girl? Wow. I bet it has some sort of theme with the episode or the show itself. Might give After away a spoiler. After being dumped by her live-in boyfriend, an unemployed dancer, and her 10-year-old daughter are reluctantly forced to live with a struggling off-Broadway... Oh, I got to click into it. Actor. Wow. For one word. Okay. Can you can you read that again? It was kind of hard to understand. After being dumped by her live-in boyfriend, an unemployed dancer and her 10-year-old daughter are reluctantly forced to live with a struggling off-Broadway actor. Okay, it kind of has some themes here, right? Because the following scene is Tommy and Joel where Joel gets really vulnerable with Tommy. He lets him know that he feels weak, that he's not the same that he used to be. He does not think he'll be able to make this run to Colorado and back with Ellie to which at which point he asks Tommy to take her I think at this point he's broken down in a way because he sees how good Tommy has it here and how well off he is another part of me wondered is this Joel's cop-out is this his way out of trying to of the of that trauma that could come from losing somebody who's dear to him again Mm -hmm. um I was thinking about that throughout um this scene and he wasn't wrong because when they do go to Colorado, he in the first encounter is stabbed in a yeah. spot which leaves us with a cliffhanger heading into the next episode. Yeah. But it, it is in this conversation that Joel decides to tell Tommy. He's taking a, a risk here of telling Tommy that Ellie is immune. Which I got to say, everybody who's heard that she's immune in this show has had the perfect reaction. Huh. <laughs> right? Yeah. In terms of the shock, the unbelief, how many times they've probably heard some sort of thing like this, and now they have to believe that this girl is is immune. It's hard to believe. When everybody you've seen get bitten turns, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it really is. I'm I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been more people like Ellie, but maybe there hasn't. They were just all murdered. I always wondered that. I always wondered whether that she cannot be the only one out there who's immune, so to speak. Yeah. Now, I get the sense that Tommy, he does agree to go to Colorado, but it is a very begrudging yes. I'm, oh, I, it's got to hurt to leave this 
to leave Jackson, to leave your wife who's pregnant, like it's yeah, that's tough. However, he's a dreamer, right? Yeah, that's true. He's wanted to save the world. Here's the girl who can save the world. Can you help me mm. transport her? No. That's what he wants to say. He wants to say no. Every yeah. every bit of his acting wants you to know that he does not want to go. But who would? Who would? He's found purpose in Jackson. But I think this purpose probably is even more important than his wife and kid. Like to the degree of the risk it would take to get back to them. Right? Yeah. To get this girl to the place where she can, they can make a vaccine and get back to normalcy. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a legacy right there in terms of like... The, at that point, that's kind of like fighting in World War II or something like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got you got a family at home, but we're going to go fight the Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of, right? Wouldn't you put like in that same sort of noble category, I'm yeah. going to risk my life to transport the girl who's immune with my brother who's, I mean, he's a shell of himself. Joel's an absolute shell of, shell of himself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, this is, this is like one of those... You know, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the greater good. Kind of, kind of moments like you, you, you you've got to do it. Yeah, you're kind of a, a douche if you say no. <laughs> How could you say no? To, yeah, you know, no. it's one it's of those. The, it's the only hope that you have at this point. There is no other hope other than just look. We'll write it out. You think these walkers are just gonna, or not walkers infected? Now I'm doing what you did. Yeah, you think these infected are just gonna die off? Mm-hmm. They're never going to yeah. die off. Yeah. They're going to get stronger over time. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. That is strange to me. But yeah. I guess because of the type of infection it is, it makes sense. Uh, we can go past all this and head towards uh, the latter end. Joel leaves having no idea that Ellie overheard the conversation with Tommy where she found she got the latter and well she pretty much got the gist of was that joel wants to get rid of her you know did did we like did i miss like a little snippet of her in the background or something hearing this no but it was to make all right it was to allude to it where they show her when joel's saying some of the lines that he's that he's uh giving her tommy the background where he says the whole thing the whole story from the beginning and he says it was Tessa's last dying wish. What else would you have me do? Mm-hmm. That whole thing. Where you see Ellie is, it's shots of Ellie walking, looking for Joel in the town. Uh, and then they cut back to her empty seat in the theater, which probably should have been the first. Um, yeah. But maybe there was first. I'm kind of m- maybe misremembering. But then they show her in the streets and you kind of get the sense that she did find him and she overheard a bit of the conversation. And we are, we are given that confirmation um, when they have a confrontation. And I think this is a great scene, not now, but the following morning where she is standing up to her father, you know, and the insecurities that he has and his failures that he thinks that he may fail. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to affirm him, you know, to the degree yeah. that he says something pretty hurtful. And I think he's saying something hurtful to try to push her away. You know, he says, I'm not your father and you ain't my daughter. Yeah. Now that's, that is pretty hurtful. Because I, I forgot to mention early in this episode, when Tommy reunites with, I mean, when Joel reunites with Tommy, he is so happy and laughing and smiling. And they intentionally cut to Ellie on the horse. 
and she just looks like jealous or sad in a way because she's never brought that sort of joy to Joel. Yeah. Right? And this is a girl who's an orphan. You know, she doesn't have parents. And so this is she's never had somebody who didn't leave her or didn't die. And so she sees this and she's like, Oh, I see. I'm 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 not at that height of importance to Joel. Yeah. Which is reasonable to believe. But I don't think it's true. Um okay, so they have their spat and Ellie is pretty much pleading with Joel that she does not want to go with Tommy. She would feel super scared to go with Tommy. And we can cut to the next morning. And I think the game is like this too, right? Do we not have this moment in the game where you think they're going separate ways? And and I I feel like we did. I don't remember. I'm I'm fuzzy on it. I might just be adding scenes to the game that weren't there. I mean, every when I watch like for the the whole scene of and maybe this was the game I don't know the whole scene where Joel had walked out and the, everybody was at the Christmas tree and he's having that like panic attack moment. I'm like, wasn't this like a part in the game where we saw like Sarah from behind? And we thought like Joel thought he saw Sarah from behind, but I don't know. Maybe it's just it's it's me getting like deja vu from watching this again. Maybe. Well, the next morning, uh, crack of dawn, there's a knock on the door and we. Hope it's Joel, but it's Tommy. But we head to the stables where we do find Joel, who's been up for probably half an hour, an hour, or maybe not even slept all night. Knowing Prepar- him, he, he didn't sleep. Yeah. Preparing a horse. And he gives Ellie an ultimatum. You know, do you want to choose me? I'll give you one option. I don't think I'm the right choice, but... And she before he can even finish talking, she throws the bag at, at Joel. You know, Let's go. <laughs> which is beautiful. You know, it's kind of yeah. like that reaffirmation. And you can see that he's low key happy about it, too. Yeah. But Tommy can't even go with them for two or three days. He still just stays there. Yeah, I kind of thought that was. Odd. It, it I don't know. You know, I, I was hoping we would get a little bit more of Tommy, right? Like it, it somehow. And maybe, maybe we will later in the show. I don't I really don't know. But this was this five episodes building up to this one. Underwhelming. Trying to find Tommy, and it's just like, okay, he's here for twenty minutes. He's living it up. That he's could now be married. That could be life, though, right? In a sense, yeah. right? Where you, you build up the you know that that nostalgia of the good old days type of thing, yeah. and then you come and it's like this person doesn't really doesn't give a crap about it, you know? Yeah. And it's not that he doesn't. It's just he just seems like somebody who's. This is what he is now. He's kind of like. This is his purpose, and this is what he's sticking to. It's not mm-hmm. to be harsh on him or anything like that, but it's just the lack of going out of his way that that's annoying for, for someone who's taking care of him. And it's not that he's in eternal debt, but you could go down two, three days. You know, let's think about Joel's pers- uh, reputation. He's supposedly like the big bad wolf who doesn't do anything without a fee. Do you think that Joel would take a girl who wasn't immune on this journey across the country? No way. So doesn't it make sense to tell Maria and to kind of create this movement behind Ellie that would help to get her to where she needs to go? I mean, yeah, anyways. Potentially, but I don't don't know if Maria would want to go for it right it's like well look at look at the what good we have here you you would want to give that up 
Jackson is risk what we have. Jackson is a, a band-aid. Jackson is a band-aid. It is. 100% you know? it is. But I don't think Maria thinks of it as a band-aid. Yeah, because like, you I, I think they've they've started to become soft and kind of blind to the reality of the world. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where when you have it good, you know, you can die and you're not going to be affected by anything negative in the world, but yeah. you could instead work towards making those things better and make and create a future that's that's brighter, you know. But technically, all their futures are set in Jackson for the most part. Yeah. If they stay there and stay quiet. Yeah. If they, you know, it's one of those places that maybe looks more secure than what it is. Do you think they put the asshole thing there? All right. So when they leave, they do some shooting practice and they put an asshole thing there. Do you think that was for Tommy? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's Not what sure. I was. That's what I was hoping for. That would be funny. I I actually missed uh, the asshole written on the. You target. missed that. Yeah, I missed it the first time I watched it. I just saw it now. Yeah, well, they do. They start heading south. Uh, the directions are they, it's about a seven day horse ride down there to the I twenty five to the university, and along the way we get this really nice bonding montage where my favorite part is where Ellie asks Joel what he used to do. And he says, oh, I was a builder. I was a contractor. <laughs> and she's like, she says like in this movie, movie trailer voice, the contractor. <laughs> and he says, yeah, contractors are great. Everybody loved contractors, which he's just making shit up. You know, it's uh -huh. like the, he's kind of learning his lesson from the dam, you know, where she asks yeah. him, does this make electricity? And he says, I have no idea how it works. She <laughs> could have just made it up. Uh -huh. So now he's just making it up because that is not true. As a contractor, I know that that is not true. <laughs> but it did make me feel good as a contractor totally. listening to it. The totally. con the contractor. Everybody loved contractors. <laughs> he explains to her football. Uh, and which I found funny, you know, just how great football is. That he's like 20 years after the fact telling her about this mythical sport. <laughs> that is so good. That has left such a, this impression on Joel. And then they get to I-25. And I got to say, the moment you see this university, you just know something's off. You see damn monkeys it's, on the campus. It's dead. It is. It's, just, it's like the, it's, it felt more dead than Kansas City. I was so alarmed that Joel was not more at, at alert or like, you know what I mean? Uneasy yeah. about it because it was so abandoned that it was disconcerting. Yeah. I even put in my notes, this place gives me the creeps. And then I put, oh my God, the monkeys on the campgrounds. Because <laughs> that is, uh, that's a uh, Easter egg. Mm -hmm. But they do find a firefly sign. But what they find is an abandoned firefly medical base, which points to a relocation that they did, which took them to Salt Lake City. But as they're leaving to head out to Salt Lake City, they're surrounded by raiders who are, maybe they got wind of somebody who entered the town or something. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to sneak their way out of the campground, not campground, the campus to the horse to get out of there. But unfortunately, it doesn't go as planned. No, it doesn't. We were talking uh, last night about going to this medical facility and you know they got their packing list there which whatever you know you leave a packing list behind who cares yeah however we have 
this board yeah yeah <laughs> that has what i would assume as the origin of every major firefly outpost yeah all pointing to where they're going to go seems kind of stupid they left in a hurry too huh like it does seem that way if you leave in a hurry you, you leave these things behind right yeah it kind of makes me wonder why they left in a hurry because like it had to have been people there's no infected here i have not seen a single infected it had to have been raiders or something. In fact, I don't think we've seen a single infected this entire episode. No, and I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. I like I, I enjoy it, right? Because there's an element of dealing with bad people. Well, they but, give well, they give you that feeling you get in the game when you get a respite from the infected. Yeah, where you're yeah, just like, oh my god, I don't gotta see another beings. I don't gotta hear the <laughs> the clicker sound. Uh, the moment you see a tunnel, you're like, god, I gotta go down there, don't I? I gotta go get something down there. I left a brew. They somebody turned off a switch down there. I gotta go down. I gotta run some cables from a generator down there, don't I? Uh-huh. Make sure I got a lot of bottles on my inventory. <laughs> oh, I wish they would do that in this in there. Just throw to, some bottles or, just, or some bullet shells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that would be a funny uh, mechanic to see come from the game. Yeah, you know, I thought they were gonna get out of here. I did not. A the way they were Scott, the way they were shooting is so tight. I was thinking to myself as they were running towards the horse, I was like, Oh, there's something happening. And sure enough, See. a raider breaks a bat across the tree. Zach makes an astute observation. Oh, the bat you. shatters, which how strong do you have to hit that bat across the tree? Not very, dude. No, I've never really shattered a, wooden a water bat. bat. Break, can break easy. Yeah. I mean you can break it by hitting a baseball, yeah. Well, have you ever seen the wooden bats and they just break them over their knee? Yeah. Could you do that? probably not yeah it's tough i've tried it um (laughs) i haven't tried it for real for real but i just kind of wanted to see like how far i would have to do it but anyways uh joel's been stabbed with a wooden blade it's like Uh, four inches i'm wondering is that worse than getting stabbed with metal i don't think so i so if it's rusty metal that would be your hand tetanus and all that he's dead if it's rusty metal but wood can grow bacteria fungus infected i don't know i was actually thinking about this this morning when i was making coffee i'm like you know there's more ways to get infected than getting bit by an infected you could just eat the wrong food product even 40 years later yeah the this infect this virus gives way less leeway to for the for the writing of the show to avoid these things like you technically just getting blood in your bloodstream right yeah would would get it done for you but we end the episode with joel passing out on the horse on the way out of the city and we're left with this cliffhanger of ellie now without her her guide yeah and what is she going to do next episode and that ends episode six we we get this final frame that Zach's going to drop a massive Easter well, egg bomb. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a massive Easter, massive Easter egg, but th- like this little little few buildings I see in the distance here, the train, the train tracks and all of that, it really reminds me of the part in the game where... You can't say this, right? I, I know. I, I can't say it. You can't even say it. Unbelievable. I teased Dang. an Easter egg that you can't even you say. You did. You did. Well, I guess you're going to have to tune I, into next week's as the reaction. <laughs> you're going to have to tune we'll into see. episode seven to find oh. out what Zach's Easter egg was. We just Ugh. teased this the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're going to have to tune into season two 
see that would be uh, yeah why not tune into season two when we get there yeah yeah yeah. overall what what did you think of this episode i loved it i loved it i all of these episodes are blending into one for me in my head but i really enjoyed this episode a lot i needed a respite from the darkness of last episodes that's for sure that is for sure not that it didn't end bleak as well we don't know what's gonna happen to joel yeah he could die it's true we don't know um i i do like the maturity that their relationship has grown into yeah in this episode Mm -hmm. it really reminds me of the parts of the game that i liked between the two of them and the dynamic that they had like Mm -hmm. i don't feel like i got that much of it until now and you know it's it's at this point in the show where it kind of feels like they they have some level of mutual respect so i i did like that yeah i i agree um i enjoyed the the journey across i enjoyed the vistas of this episode seeing the mountain ranges in the back the re despite my opinions on tommy i don't think he's the worst human in the world nor do i think maria is either i think they're good people i'm just feel bad for my boy joel feel bad for the trek he's been on that he's been searching for his brother and his brother isn't as enthused to see him it's a it's a it's a heartbreaking feeling and then he's got to take this journey to colorado which he's right because he didn't hear the raider He gets hit with a bat, a bat shiv yeah. in the rib. He did kill the Raider, though, so he's got to give himself a little credit. Just a little. Now, would you have left that bat sticking in you or pulled it out? I would have pulled it out. Mm. It probably would have been better to leave it in, but probably. I, I couldn't stop walk. the bleeding a bit. I, I couldn't walk around with a bat shiv inside of me. <laughs> You'd just be looking at it the whole time. What yeah, and what if you're moving around, you get, you're on a horse, you're going to get, like, splinters in there yourself inside more so i think i just rip it out but the thing is is you're that's a spot where you're losing so much blood yeah that i don't know how joel survives this to be honest we'll see we'll see can you just pack snow in there i don't think i mean it would just melt into water like in a few seconds i would imagine but it would freeze maybe not freeze Like, I don't know, just something to co- slow down the bleeding. I mean, you could you could try, right? Like, doesn't cold, like, um, it, it, like, it slows your heart rate. Doesn't also, doesn't it also, like, um, shrink blood vessels in a way? Like, it, it's like, uh, I actually, I think it does the opposite, to be honest. I think warm stimulates cold, well, cold. Well, um, well here's the thing, though, if it's, here's our lack of understanding of biology i guess um when you're in cold your body has to heat to warm itself up therefore your heart actually has to beat a little faster unless you're going into like hypothermia or something Hmm. um what's your heart rate usually at i don't know what like 100 or something no way you crazy are you crazy no i have no idea that's a cardio level I have no That's idea. It's like a then. zone one cardio. No way. No, wait. It's like, it's, it's, it's your resting heart rate. 60. I would say 60, ish, right? 60, 70, isn't it? I got concerned the it's other day. It's a little faster. Mine, mine was in like in the 50s. If I am just like, not literally not doing anything, it'll, it'll go a little lower. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get but into it, the categories. All right. All right. Let's go. <clears throat> Best line of the episode. We'll start with the hard one. The contractor. <laughs> no, I, right. I think it was uh, Joel saying to Ellie, you sure ain't my daughter. And I, and I sure as hell ain't your father. Mm-hmm. And they come the morning, we'll go our separate ways. I thought that was a great line. It it was a good line. I I personally liked the little bit with the uh, Native Americans earlier on in the show. Oh yeah, the Wait. guns all the way over there. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. You made him <laughs> soup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? They didn't kill me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like how she gets up to to make them soup, but doesn't grab the gun. It's yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. Best scene in the episode. Uh, Joel telling Tommy about Ellie being immune. That whole scene, I th- that was my favorite. You? Yeah, that's that's hard to top. I want to say Joel and Tommy reuniting, but it's not. Like, it's just off because Tommy's just off. So I, I didn't, I didn't really like that. No. I, oh, here, here's the one. Joel showing up in the morning in the stables with the horse, giving oh, Ellie the ultimatum. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I just liked the cutting between them having the conversation, them seeing Ellie in the streets looking for Joel. Mm. Like, I thought that was great. All right. Most memorable characters. <sighs> I don't like this category. But I guess because um, in a show like this, it's always one or two people. You know, it's always usually the main characters, Joel and Ellie. But uh, I'd say Joel for sure in this one. Um, and yeah, I'd say Joel. Just he has, he goes on a complete spectrum of emotion, like a just a wide spectrum of emotions in this episode that you can really resonate with. Hmm. Yeah. It, it it This is kind of like Peaky Blinders where you're always trying to force yourself to pick somebody that's not Tommy. Um, right. I, I, I still enjoyed, I still enjoyed the couple early on in the show. Granted, I don't know the names, mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe they're not extremely. They uh, are, memorable. they are pretty memorable. Yeah. Um, outside of that, it might, it might be like Maria. Like I almost, I could see there being something that happens later in the show where maria is involved like she wrote she kind of reminds me of a kathleen a little bit and that she's controlling and she kind of runs this whole town so I, I don't know i didn't find her to be that memorable i don't dislike her but i didn't find anything about her memorable i just wasn't a fan of her like i, I don't I, think like, she... i feel like she's like she like she had some agenda yeah yeah her agenda was to be wary, we be wary of Joel to protect yeah. Tommy from Joel, to protect Ellie from Joel, and to protect Jackson from Joel. Yeah. <clears throat> well, any other moments that stood out in the show for you? I think they just took advantage. They were really looking forward to the landscape episodes, like the this. You know, I think they. <laughs> this is a nice little banner to put up on your on your site. You yeah. know that those shots of the mountains in the background just spectacular. And um, I thought I think they have really done a great job of staying true to the video game while improving in every possible area of storytelling possible. 
to the point where yeah. we are reimagining scenes that weren't in the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> literally. Because they're doing it better than the I game. Like, I like that, even though I feel like I, I know the main like plot points and everything i still feel like i'm learning things like like i i get surprises here and there i'm like oh interesting that's different yeah i think it's a testament to neil Druckmann. uh i know craig mazin is talented but uh there's a lack of ego on Druckmann's part to take a work that's completed and to say it can be improved here and mm-hmm. if you hear him and i don't really watch too many of these after the episode um things that i need to but because I don't want it to impact anything that I that I say about the episode. Yeah. But after the fact, I watch him and he usually will say, damn it, I got mad at myself for how good that idea was from Craig. Like making Sam deaf yeah. was, I think, a Craig Mason idea. And he, and Druckmann is so humble about it that he's like, yeah, let's totally change a character that I've already created and add <laughs> this element. And that takes a bit of humility. And being a team player to make something better than it than it already is, mm-hmm. and they do a great job storytelling wise. It's just it's a masterclass for sure. Yeah. Well, the last thing I have on here is predictions. Joel's Joel dies next episode. <laughs> that would be a hell of a Ellie case. rubs her blood into his wound and he comes back to life. Oh wow. Like a like a Jesus moment or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't want to say what my predictions are. I think Ellie has to fend for herself next episode, and it's gonna be a full Ellie episode. Yeah, I I I was gonna say like the main th- thing I does was does Tommy say come about... to the rescue? Is he redeemed? That his would jackassery? be interesting. I don't I don't know. Although although well, hold on, I'll say something else, but then I'll go to what I was just about to say. I agree. I think next episode is going to be sort of like that, uh, you know, that moment in the game where you take over as Ellie. You're Ellie. And you're, you're journeying with her through whatever's about to happen. That said, does Tommy come to the rescue? I don't know. That would be I would erase all of the expletives in my notes about right. Tommy. That would, that, would, that would make me feel much better about him. Yeah. But I'm also wondering, like, is there a reason why why we got to see the whole asshole thing on the target? Is that going to come up again later in the show somehow? Maybe. Say, hey, I found your target journey. Found your target uh, shape there. It was. <laughs> you talking about me? I came all this way because I found it and I wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I I have no clue. What, what do you got to get for Joel to 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 heal this alcohol? Um, what do you need here to antibiotics? What do you mean antibiotics? Like what? Ibuprofen? I don't know. Z Z pack? Ibuprofen's not an antibiotic. I don't know what. I don't know what you. What I'm trying to figure out is honestly, like, what do you need in a situation like this? You need like a disinfecting alcohol. You need. Well, that's the immediate need. What is the other one? The the brown liquid. Uh, it burns like hell. Hydro hydro, hydro. hydro. Peroxide. Hydroperoxide. Yeah, peroxide. So you need hydroperoxide. And what pill are you taking that's an antibiotic that can kill any bacteria or infection from it? That's we need okay. to find that out. We need to know this. Sh- we need to know this shit. Like at the very least, we can't know for biology, but if we get stabbed, at least we know. Look, <clears throat> if, if you're going to get stabbed with something that carries, you know, bacteria, right? So what a high you, chance that you're going to get infected. Well, and if you're, what do you take pill form? Like we need to find this out. A Z-pack. It's, it's an antibiotic. The same thing you get for a flu? 
Yeah, Z-Pak's what you get for a cold, dude. When you have a yeah, vi- it's an infection. When you have a bacterial infection, yeah. Yeah, it's that's exactly it's what you take. Z-Pak. So Z-Pak, hydroperoxide, whatever, alcohol. You need stitches, right? So you got to seal oh, yeah, up the you, wound. You're going to have to seal it up. What are you doing? Are you going to stitch I'm, it up? Maybe. I don't know. I, mean, I, I would have to. There's no YouTube, so we got to just like rope Cauterize through. it or something. I would just cauterize, I think, and just yeah. pass out. Yeah, I feel like that would be just be nicer, the better. quicker, much better than brand, trying to shove a brand. A brand over the, a fire. Yeah. You got to like heat yeah. it up to, we got to find out the degrees. So we got to heat this thing. Like just fire. Red hot. Just, red, just hot red hot. Get, get brand like, it right on there. The end. And then you're going to pass out. And that's it. That's what the whiskey's for. You got to you gotta have some whiskey. But you, but you do need to have the pills anyways because the infection could grow inside, right? Or will the fire just kill? If no, it's surface no, level, it'll no, kill it. Would, it would have gotten into your, to your, your blood, blood. I would assume, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so you still need the antibiotics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, antibiotics are like gold in this world, probably. We, sh- we, we should host our own podcast about how to survive in an apocalypse, like a zombie and create apocalypse. a scenario? Yeah, just create What we should do is we should, we should create a... Stupid <laughs> I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Me neither. But what it is, is it's a guided story. So you have like a guy who is your dungeon master type of thing, or I forget what the term that they call it. And then he creates a quest for you to go on. So it's like four people and you go on this quest and there's things that can happen. We should create our own post-apocalyptic scenario where we are the guides of... And we have characters that make choices on the show. And then we bring on experts to make the decisions on how we survive. So they got to like. That, that would probably be, be better than, it's like than a radio show to, to figure out some, uh, it's like a radio. some great ways to survive that are not practical and don't actually work. <laughs> it's like a radio soap. All right, cool. Awesome. Let's end this episode. It's been well, a long one. It has, but it's been a great one. Thank you for listening to... The Last of Us, Episode 6 by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Or you can visit our website at soapbox.house where you'll find links out to this show and a few others on the network. Thank you for tuning in. Can't wait for next week. I'm actually hyped for next week. Yeah, I think I think next, I don't know, maybe next week is going to be a pretty intense episode. I think so. I think the next... I think next I think one's the gonna one be into that's gonna be slower. Yeah, I think next one's gonna be great. One after that's gonna be, eh. or maybe maybe both will be rocket, and then the last episode of the season will be like resolution. I think we've got. I think I think we're due another time jump in in not the next episode but the following. All right, we'll see. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Bye.